together growing in faith, changing communities. The grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, dear friends, I'd like us to reflect on the book of Ruth, chapter 2, verses 1 to 17. Now Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set forth and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field that belonged to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to the glean in another field or leave this one. But keep close to my maidens, let your eyes be upon the field which they are reaping, and go after them. And have I not charged the young men not to molest you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me when I am a foreigner? Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife, and he went in to her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has left you this day without next of kin, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall He shall be to you a restorer of life, a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him the name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. What a beautiful reading. There's a lot that is going on in this text. The first one, it's this beautiful cultural, traditional practice that when there is harvest, those who are doing the harvest will do it, but they will not take everything from the field. There will be certain things that are left 
for those who cannot afford, for those who are not well off. And I think that is necessary. I think there's this beauty in that practice. There are some people who really are struggling. And no matter how much we pray, we need to allow our prayer to move from the head to the heart, from the heart to action. And so on one, on one hand, it is good to pray, but it is also good to put our prayers into action. And so Naomi goes into the field and as she goes into the field, she notices what the other maidens are doing. They are cleaning the fields. They are picking up the leftovers. And for the owner of the field, these are leftovers. But for those who are poor, that's the only thing that they have. And there's something important in that statement. For some people, this may not mean anything, but for the rest, it's everything that they've ever hoped for. And so one's man's poison is another man's great treasure. There's something that disturbs me from the social point of view. Can I comfortably ignore the pain and the suffering of those around me? Am I doing justice when I do not support those who are less fortunate? Do I not have a responsibility to help, to offer assistance, to make the difference? There's something deep there for me. What this woman experiences is the generosity of Boaz. And and, and Boaz forces me to ask the question, how generous am I with God's gift? How generous am I with God's mercy? How generous am I with God's forgiveness? And this goes further to me. Boaz notices Ruth and he goes to, to the maidens and he says to them, make sure that you, tre- you leave something for this woman. I don't want her to go home empty-handed. And, and Ruth asked her, but why have I found so much favor in you? And initially, Boaz's answer is quite simple. I have heard what you have done to your mother-in-law having left or having experienced the loss of your husband and your father-in-law. The good that we do is noticeable. Not everybody will talk about it. 
Not everybody will acknowledge it, but there are some people who notice it. And the motto is quite simple. Keep doing good until somebody notices it. Stay in your corner and do your best. If doing my best as a painter is what I need to do, do it. As someone who sweeps the floor, do it. In whatever work that you do, give it your best. In whatever ministry you are involved in, do it. Give it your best. In whatever situation you find yourself in, give it your best. Someone will recognize you. Someone will acknowledge the good you have done. For some, it can be done in their lifetime. For others, when they are long gone and dead. But continue to do good. Continue to strive for something better. For something greater. And Boaz says, I've commanded the man not to molest you. Now, this gives me a nuance to a possibility that she could have been raped. And so what she was doing was to take a risk. People knew that she was starving. People knew that she was a foreigner. And I have to ask myself, as I ask everybody else, how many people have been used and abused because they are poor, because they are women, because they are foreigners, because they have no voice? How many people have fallen victim of things like that? May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with us, to protect, to bless, and to guide us. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.